Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The readings for the past several weeks have been on chapter 13 of Matthew's Gospel. Now if you ever have some time this summer, sit down and read chapter 13 of Matthew's Gospel. This section is filled with great parables which was Jesus' typical form of preaching as he wandered throughout towns and villages throughout Judea. All of the Gospels contains these sorts of parables, but it's in Matthew 13 that it's a treasure trove for parables. This week, we have a whole group of them. We also find Jesus doing something relatively rare, and that is interpreting the parables for us. Now, what I want to do is I want to look at just one of them. It's a very powerful one. It's a very mysterious parable amongst all of them. It's the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Notice how it starts. The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds along with the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew, both fruit and the weeds appeared as well. And so Jesus begins to interpret the parable for us. The sower is the Son of Man, Jesus Christ himself. Last week we heard the sower and the seeds that fell on different soil. Well, here Jesus is doing the same thing, sowing the seed of the kingdom of God. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom of God, those members of our church who have responded to Jesus' word. Therefore, the wheat in the parable is the good crop, the crop of faith. But notice also, it says, While everyone is asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds throughout the field. So as the crop grows, we find both wheat and weeds. Now, the first lesson we can take from this is the coming together so closely of good and evil in this world. It's to be expected. We shouldn't be surprised by it whether it's in this world or even in our church. Now, the church will evolve over time for centuries on end. Now, the one thing that will mark it was just this, the juxtaposition of good and evil, this intertwining of saints and sinners. Therefore, we should expect this. We shouldn't be surprised or overwhelmed by it. Up and down the centuries, you see this in world history as well as the history of our church. There has been corruption And Jesus essentially is forewarning us. Now, what's behind it? In the parable, it says an enemy has done this. Well, who's the enemy of the church? Who sows weeds? Well, we could essentially have numerous homilies about evil and the destruction of evil in this world. Now, Jesus identifies a person. And it's not just a force, but it is a spiritual person whose preoccupation it is to sow corruption to sow destruction throughout the world as well as throughout our church. 
Now, this shouldn't, again, surprise us either, that we are opposed by dark powers. Dark powers that essentially undermine us when we follow the Lord. Do you ever find this? That when your spiritual life is getting more serious, when you find yourself more drawn to the Lord, when you want to get more focused on Jesus Christ in your life, it's precisely then that you experience greater temptation, greater obstacles, greater struggles. Don't be surprised by this. See, that's the enemy's job of undermining you and all of us, attacking us. Now, the parable continues. It says, The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in the field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No. If you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds, tie them in bounds for burning, and gather the wheat into my barn. In just this small passage, it gives us so much to reflect upon. Because of the enemy's action, the weeds have wrapped themselves around the wheat. Now that's a powerful image. Good and evil rarely present themselves in such a stark terms. We see good and evil living in this mutually implicative way. They exist in such a way that one is intertwined around the other, which makes the extrication or the removal of evil especially difficult. When you sense evil, you know it's there. You see it attacking in the world or in your life. The first instinct is to do what? To go up and rip that out. Rip that evil out of the world or in your life. Now, I understand that we all feel that way. But this parable is also teaching us that we have to be very careful. Generally speaking, evil is always a privation of the good. That means evil always is a parasite of the good. Therefore, when attacking evil, we are also in danger of attacking the good. Think of that image. The weeds are wrapped around the wheat. Well, the way a malignant tumor may wrap itself around an organ in our bodies, such that if the surgeon went right after the tumor, he might compromise the organ and kill us. Instead, the surgeons must be very diligent, very delicate, subtle and careful, so that when they remove the tumor, they do not harm the organ. Well, So when we see evil in this world, we have to be very careful. The extrication of that evil, the removal of it, must be very delicate and careful, lest you compromise the good in itself. Now, the parable finally concludes. It says, The master said, Let them grow together. Again, what a powerful image. The master of the whole field says, Let them grow together. Now, glance back to the first reading from the Book of Wisdom. It tells us that God has a providential lordship over the whole world, the entire universe. After all, he created it. Well, is evil a force or a power that is co-equal to God? No, not at all. This isn't some Star Wars fantasy where good and evil are on equal ground. Now, does God in his providential lordship allow evil to occur or happen? 
Yes. Does God allow the dark powers to sow seeds of corruption into this world? Yes. Now you may ask, well, why is that? Well, we will never fully answer that. And this image is properly ambiguous. When he says, let them grow together. And at the end of time, God in his power will gather them up and separate them, the wheat from the weeds, preserving one and destroying the other. Now, why would God ask this of us? Does it mean that we should be indifferent to evil? Just forget about it, not care about it at all? No. I think as much as we can, to the measure that we are capable, we have to always oppose evil. But, is there something to be said to this growing together of the wheat in the weeds? Is it possible that some good in this world would never be realized? without the presence of evil, or a certain evil. Turn to Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas once said, You would never find the patience of a martyr without the cruelty of the tyrant. No, that's so true. We would never see the beauty of the good of the martyr's patience were it not for the cruelty of the tyrant. I'll give you some examples of this. We would never see the witness of Maximilian Kolb, who gave his life for another in a World War II concentration camp without the terrible cruelty of Hitler. Or we would never see the heroic compassion and the charity of Mother Teresa and her ministry in caring for the sick and the suffering of the poor without the extreme injustice and the economic and spiritual poverty that is in this world. God allows good and evil, to grow together. Because to some degree, the good becomes more fully itself, precisely in the opposition to evil. Certain goods are realized only in the opposition to evil. Now, what does this mean for us? Well, when we look out into this world, we shouldn't be shocked or surprised to see good and evil so closely together. Maybe that's what it was intended to be from the very beginning of time. Second, we should always resist evil because it's in the very measure in which we resist evil that we will see the good in our lives as well as in the lives of others in this world. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.